Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you are joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game in the world of talent development, improve your capabilities, and achieve more success. Whatever that means to you, making an impact, moving up in your role or your company, or helping others through client work or internal work, whatever it may be, we have so many people from all different facets of talent development who listen to this show. I've heard from many of you all different levels from people who are just starting out to very senior learning executives who tune in from time to time, and many of whom have been on this show as well. And no matter where you are in that spectrum, if you are thinking about your career in L&D, if you're thinking about starting a career in talent development or figuring out where you go next in your career in talent development, then this is an episode for you. This episode is also a preview of a session that we will have at the Talent Development Think Tank Conference, which is coming up on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. And I am very excited about it. I've already done plenty of teasers and episodes to help give you information and get you ready. So hopefully you have already had a chance to take a look at our website and take a look if you want to get tickets. As I'm recording this, we still have plenty available, but that may change. You never know. My guest today is Sarah Canistra, and Sarah is an L&D career and executive coach and founder of The Overnight Trainer, specializing in helping aspiring and existing L&D professionals create and build the L&D career of their dreams. Since beginning her career in learning and development over a decade ago, Sarah has developed hundreds of learning and development programs for over 10,000 learners and led the learning function for four different organizations, as well as hired and trained dozens of L&D professionals. She now uses what she's learned in her career 
to help empower other L&D professionals to love and grow in their learning and development careers. Sarah was also a previous guest on this podcast. You may remember, or you might want to go back and listen. She was on episode 249, which was published back in September of 2021. So just a little more than a year ago, And I remember we had a great conversation before about careers in L&D, and I really loved this conversation even more because we really hone in on what are the things that you need to be thinking about. First of all, what's going on in the marketplace? I asked Sarah about some of the trends she's seeing and the things she's hearing from her clients, but also if you're in L&D or you're thinking about getting into L&D, what are the things you need to be thinking about? Specifically, if you're just starting out, we talk about that part of your career If you're somewhere in the middle and you're figuring out what do you do next and where do you take your career, and even I asked Sarah what she's hearing and coaching her executive clients on. So we cover the whole life cycle. And, you know, a lot of the career advice in this, it could be applicable to other careers, but this is really focused on the niche of learning and development or talent development. So if you work in that field and you have a career, which most of us do, then you may want to be thinking about this. If you run your own business, maybe you're all set. But even though I run my own business, I'm still thinking about these things all the time. Where do I want to go? What do I want to be known for? What's my niche, my expertise? So we cover a lot of those things. Sarah is also going to be leading a session at the Talent Development Think Tank Conference in February, as I have mentioned before and mentioned earlier. I'm really excited about that because Sarah's been a member of our Talent Development Think Tank community now for well over a year. She has a lot of fans in that community. I know people love talking with her, hearing from her, getting advice from her, and you're going to see why because she has so many great things to say and can be really helpful to people in the L&D space. So whether you're coming to the conference or not, I know this episode, this discussion is going to be really helpful for you. If you're thinking about it, hopefully this will give you some more of a teaser or information to kind of put you over the edge and, and, and say, okay, I definitely need to come and be part of this, but I will let you decide. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Sarah Canistra on planning your L&D career. Enjoy. All right, I'm joined now by Sarah Canistra, who is an L&D career and executive coach and founder of the Overnight Trainer podcast and show. Sarah, welcome to our show. I'm so happy. I'm happy to be back. This is so exciting. So thanks so much for having me. That's right. I was going to say, I meant to say welcome back. We had you on the podcast a little more than a year ago for the first time and excited to have you back. You are, I like to think, a very popular person in the L&D space, helping a lot of people with their careers, as well as, you know, thinking through program design and everything else. Um, But we are focusing in more on the L&D career aspect today. And one of the big reasons why we're having you back on the podcast is because you are also going to be leading a session at the upcoming Talent Development Think Tank Conference. I'm so excited. (laughs) Which is coming up on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. And I'm really excited to have you there. One of the things I love about hosting my own conference and the fact that it's not some mega conference like some of the others out there is that we don't have an application process or a committee. I just get to pick people I like to come and speak and lead sessions. And of course you are on that list. So, so excited you're coming. Yeah, I'm so excited. I was, I'm so excited for the conference. And then like one A of my excitement is that it's in Sonoma because Sonoma is one of my favorite places. So this is a no brainer for y'all. If you're on the fence, like come, come and learn about learning and be in an amazing wine country. Like there's literally nothing better than the two of those put together. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And you get to hang out with us 
And, you know, side note on that, you and I connected more than a year ago. We've been interacting on LinkedIn. We found out we had lots in common, both being from Florida, Mm -hmm. many other things, but we haven't actually met in person yet. So this will give us a chance to do that. I know. I literally, there's so many people who are going that I'm going to hug for the first time. So I'm just (laughs) going to be hugging everyone. (laughs) So if you want to get a hug from me, also come. (laughs) That's the plan. Free hugs. uh, I'm a hugger as well. So be prepared for anybody that's coming. But I want to get into some concrete stuff here and share some advice with people, as well as give a little preview of what you're going to be doing at the Think Tank conference. But first, let's just start with what it is that you do. What, what is the work that you do now in the L&D space? Yeah. So most of my work is comprised coaching people in the learning and development space all throughout their journey. Uh, I spend a lot of time focusing with on people and helping coach people who are either new to learning and development or who are looking to grow in their career in learning and development. So mm. and then from there, really looking at helping new L&D leaders, executive leaders, chief learning officers grow their own skill set uh, inside of the industry as well. So really yeah. that kind of full full circle, full cycle of mm. uh, they're an L&D jobs, you know, yeah. really what that looks like as far as career development goes in the L&D space. So I spend right. a lot of time, mostly in those first two areas, helping people transition in. And then once people are already in, they're like, okay, great. Now what's next for my career, yeah. uh, which I know we're going to talk a lot about today. So I won't go yeah. too far into what that actually means yet, but uh, yeah, that's I, I where do. I spend most of my time. Yeah, that's great. I love the work at all different levels through that full life cycle. And I, I want to get into what some of the people at different levels are working on, struggling with. But first, I wanted to start with a a, a broader picture. You've been working in this space for quite some time now. What are some big changes or shifts you've been seeing in the L&D space over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's been really, you know, it's been really interesting to see what the pandemic brought on. And while the pandemic was bad in so many ways, I mean, we can all agree on that. I think it was the catalyst that and, and kind of the fire that learning and development really needed to move into modern times. So for so long, we were, we were, and I think we were creeping this direction, but the pandemic really, really solidified, hey, we have to, business is changing and we have to change along with it or we're going to become obsolete. So I think some of the big things that I'm seeing now is, you know, L&D having to move at that fast pace of the business. And so what that means, we now need to adopt newer technologies, different ways of working. And so what I've been really excited about seeing the kind of the future of learning, and I was thinking a lot about this actually yesterday, so it was good Mm. good timing to, to chat about this, of how roles are shaping inside of learning and development. I'm seeing a big shift in that. So rather than people being, you know, instructional designers and spending, you know, three, four, five months building a course, the, the focus is now more on that content curation piece of it. And how can we be higher level, higher order level thinkers in creating, creating experiences and creating an ecosystem versus just always being the ones to create content. So seeing a lot of content curation happening over content creation. Uh, the other thing I'm also seeing too is now LD allowing kind of a sub point of that LD really. Uh, allowing, I'll say that in air quotes, other people outside of L&D to also be those content creators. So leveraging leveraging the the organizations themselves and really seeing letting go of the gatekeeping and saying hey you know there's so many there's so much knowledge inside of the organization we can't be the source of all of that how can we give people inside the organization power. So I'm seeing that I'm seeing a big shift into really focusing on the professional development side of things and helping people come and be their whole true authentic selves. And how do we, as a learning and development department, help 
curate that as well. So I'm seeing those big trends more into the, I would say the human centric side of learning. It's not just about, you know, taking sexual harassment training and crossing it off the list. And it's been trending away from that for a while now, but now I'm just seeing that more of that, that turn, that 90 degree turn and saying, okay, how do we, as a learning and development department, how do we help this whole person be at work, outside of work, and, and really bringing a lot of that, that professional and personal development into learning as well. Yeah. I see like two sides there. One is you mentioned the the humanistic approach to learning and development and leadership. And we really have an opportunity to humanize more of the practice and really focus on what people need and want. And, and you know, bringing anything back to the talent development think tank, we also have a really fantastic keynote speaker coming in, Claude Silver, who talks a lot about putting the heart back in fan. HR. Yeah, <laughs> I am as well. I am as well. I'm excited she's coming. She talks a lot about putting the heart back in HR and connecting with people with empathy and kindness and love and, and things like that. But on the other side, you've got the strategic aspect. And I feel like the pandemic, as you mentioned, was a really great opportunity, was a big moment for HR and learning and development, especially to really step up and become a strategic part of an organization to say, okay, when everybody's working remotely, you can't see them anymore. Like, How are we going to keep providing development and the right content and growth opportunities, which people really crave, as well as help leaders continue to stay connected and teams stay connected with their people when they're not necessarily in the office all the time. And then now that we're in this sort of, you know, quote, post-pandemic world of hybrid work where some companies are fully remote, some are back in the office, and I'd say probably 70% are somewhere in between. How do we manage that and help people work on these, these quote, hybrid teams? There's just so much opportunity there for people in L&D to get involved and become more strategic players. Oh, for sure. And I think that's been what I've seen is there's been a lot of L&D folks who've stepped up to that plate. And with that, I, I did a podcast episode a while ago around, you know, how to recession-proof your L&D career. And one of those things that I, I talked about in there is, is taking the reins on that, right? Creating such impact that the organization couldn't fathom losing you, right? And, and so I think L&D, we still have such an opportunity now, especially with lots going on economically, still being in a potent a current post-ish pandemic hybrid, you know, world, whatever we're in, there's still so much opportunity for L&D to make themselves irreplaceable mm. and, and and provide that value where the organization says, wow, we can't lose them. Even in a, even in a layoff, even in a recession, like yeah. we, we need them as our strategic partners. And so yeah. uh, again, the pandemic, I think was the catalyst for that, that we, as a, as a field really needed. Yeah, I think that's so important. It's something, you know, drum I've been beating for a long time, right? Is become you become more consultative and you become more of a strategic player, less an order taker and a trainer, then there's so many more opportunities and you have a better chance of sticking around through the coming recession. And if you listen to this podcast regularly, and especially if you're a member of the talent development think tank community, which you've been for quite some time now, you you surround yourself with people who are talking and thinking that way. We have so many conversations about things like that in the think tank and even on this on this podcast. Hopefully, a lot of people that are listening have been adopting more of that and becoming more strategic thinkers and players and moved away from just being order takers in L&D. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a really great transition to see a lot of people. And I work a lot with my, my executive coaching clients. That's a big part of that coaching piece is how do we get that seat at that table for you mm. and, and, and how do you keep it? And how do you pull up your own chair, right? Like there's, a, you know, a lot of times it's not handed to you. So how right. do you, how do you, you know, creep your, creep your way in there or slam that door open, you know, yeah. and say, Hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm taking the seat. 
And then they say, oh, wow, okay, well, we can't imagine taking that seat away from you now. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so you talk about working with people on their L&D careers throughout the the cycle, you know, early, mid, and executive level. Let's start with early career professionals or, you know, those who are looking to break into the talent development, learning, and development space. I received an email from one such person yesterday who recently joined the Think Tank community and said, I'm you know, looking to transition from being a coach to becoming a talent development professional. Like, I, I really want to get a job in, in a company doing that. What are some key things that people need to be looking at, thinking about doing to set themselves up and start a new career in learning and development? Yeah, I mean, say that I say this at nauseum. So anyone who knows me is like, I know exactly what she's going to say. Um, you have to find your L and D niche. So, mm-hmm. like right now, uh, and I look every single week, there are over one million learning and development and learning and development adjacent mm-hmm. roles open in just the U.S. Wow! So that's amazing. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, crazy. That, that's awesome, right? That's huge. Like, and it's and it's growing too. So even when I look, I look week after week, and I see. That it's still even that with the you know a recession looming that that area of you know, the industry is still growing, so that's great news. Well, the bad news in that is that because there are one million opportunities for you out there, how do you actually know which one is right for you? And so the biggest thing that I see people doing when they want to transition into learning and development is that they cast a really wide net. And they say, oh, okay, I want to be in learning and development. Well, learning and development is a field. And within that field, there are hundreds and thousands of different types of roles that you can do. And then all of the roles are not, don't, don't always mean the same thing. So I did a post on this recently. I have three mm-hmm. clients who just got training specialist roles. All three of them are doing completely different things. And so mm-hmm. when I say find your L&D niche, what that means to me and what I work with my clients with is figuring out the intersection between your transferable skill set, so what you already have that you're bringing in, the interests that you have. So what are you actually interested in? I think a lot of people forget about that. They're like, oh, I can do this. So let me do, apply for that job. So it's you know, looking at your transferable skills, what you've done, what you like to do, the interests, what is it that you actually want to do, and then combining that with your values. And that's a big piece too a lot of people miss. And so really understanding when you're able to combine all of those what does the right role at the right company look like for you? And that doesn't mean naming a title or naming a company. It just means, hey, the easiest way for me to explain it is rather than you trying to fit into all these other boxes, how do we create your own box and then find roles that fit inside of your box? And that might be a training specialist. That might be, you know, I have a client who I, I actually mentioned this on my podcast today. She was came to me looking for an instructional designer role. She's a former educator. And the role she ended up landing in is like engineering enablement specialist program manager three. And she never would have found that if she was just looking for instructional design roles. So get really crystal clear on your niche, what the intersection between your skills, your interests, your values are, and then focus on roles that fit your box and fit your niche. Uh, I love that. And and you and I, we talk to people about similar things, right? You've got to get really clear on what you want to do before you go out and searching for stuff. Like you said, there's a million roles open. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to be overwhelmed. You can't go out and apply for all of them. You need to narrow it down. And on the flip side, if you're interviewing, and I'm certainly not an expert on that space, but if you're out there interviewing, you want to really focus in your expertise just as in sales, right? If you're selling, focus in your expertise so that you are an expert on this one thing versus I can do all things learning and development. And then 
you're just a generalist or someone who's kind of trying to cater to everybody and you're not going to seem as attractive to anyone. Oh, hundred percent. And then what happens is too, is that because then you're constantly trying to fit into everyone else's box. So you're mm. having to rewrite your resume every single time you apply and you're having to prep for hours and hours when you go on interviews because it was so different than the last job you interviewed mm. for. And so what I really focus on is how can we make this as seamless as possible? Be strategic about it, right? Already have kind of coming back to that strategic thinking, right? How can we be strategic about your career transition? And a lot of it comes down to clarity and having, you know, I call it your North Star, and so you can mm. always go back to that and say, okay, wow, I'm I'm redoing my resume a lot for this role. Is it actually aligned with what I want or is it just something I think I should be doing? And so it's really helpful to always have that to keep going back to. Um, and the more clarity you have, the more confidence you have. And the more confidence you have, the better you interview. So it's just a really yes. beautiful cycle that that foundation of finding your L&D niche is crucial for. Really like that. And it also reminded me of something I've been reading and thinking about. If you follow Jay Shetty, uh, mm -hmm. who's obviously got a big name and brand out there, he talks a lot about it, your per finding your purpose and you know getting aligned with that. I saw a keynote by him last or this year, I guess, and, and read his book recently. And he talks about your purpose sort of being the intersection of your skills and the service that you provide, very similar to what you're talking about here. Because it's about how do you help other people, but it's based on your skills and your passion and what you what you really like and what yeah. you're talking about. I'm hearing from you as well is identify, hey, what are you really good at? What do you have experience in? What are your strengths? What do you enjoy doing? What are your energizers, your interests? What gets you excited? And then what are your values as well? When you bring all those together and it's something that provides value to others, to an organization, right? Or to people in that organization, then that's a purpose or a career or whatever you want to call it. It's it's something where you can really shine. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is too, is when you focus on it that way, to your point about that, you know, it being an, an energizer, you come across in an interview, you're so much more excited to talk about it because it's not something mm -hmm. you just think you should be talking about or think you should be learning about. It's something that you're actually interested in. Yeah. And, you know, I have clients all the time who are asking me, okay, how do I, like, what should I do to prepare for interviews? I'm like, you don't need to prepare. This is your skill set. This is your interest. These are your align with your values. Right. There's literally nothing to prepare because yeah. you already have the answers. Yeah. And and it's just it's so interesting to see that total shift in people. Like, oh yeah, I showed up to that interview. I you know I, I obviously researched the company and kind of just did some of those those basic things to make sure I you know I knew to, knew a little bit about them. But mm -hmm. yeah, I just showed up and I was me. And how like mm. what a beautiful thing to be able to show up to an interview as you. Yes. So many people try to show up as someone else and try to be something else. But how freeing is it to show up and be like, hey, I was me. And they, yes. li they liked that about me. Of course they did, because people love authenticity. COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat, known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. I love that we can operate that way in today's society. I'm sure that you have 
tips and tricks that you share with clients on there's little things you can probably do to go above and beyond and, and do well in those interviews. I wanted to ask you one more question about that intersection, that finding your L&D niche. I, you know, I think skills and interests, like understanding your strengths, your skills, and the things that are you're interested in, your energizers, whatever it may be, I think those are pretty obvious to most people. How and where do the values come in and how does that influence the roles that you might go after? Yeah. So the values piece for me is more around finding a value aligned company. And so when I say niche, niche really the output of that is what is the right role at the right type of company look like for you? Because you could have the best role in the world, but work for a company that's not in alignment with your values and it'd be terrible. I personally, the reason why I focus on that is because my last full-time job, that's exactly what I experienced. I had the mm. best job. I loved my job. I loved my team. I loved the work I was doing, but I had such a value misalignment with my company that it was, it was killing me. It was, it, mm. I was sick. I, I, it made, it literally made me sick. And was when yeah. I actually like, I have a visceral reaction when I think about it now still to this day. So yeah. that's why a part, a big part of my process is it's not just about finding the right role, but it's about finding the company. Because mm -hmm. what I've seen is that your skills, your interests, they will get you in, right? You're like on your resume, they will totally get you in, but really it's that value alignment that's going to help you land the role and make sure yeah. it is the right company for you as well. You know, having been a hiring manager, you know, we get that gut feeling of like, oh, yeah, they're going to be a great, you know, oh, yeah, they're gonna be great for this team or that great, you know, culture, out of whatever it is, really all that is at the end of the day is saying, hey, this person's going to add to our values and they, they or that we feel that alignment with them. So yeah. that piece of it, I think, is the biggest part of the authenticity piece. And it also really helps my clients figure out very early on if it's going to be the right role, right company for them. Um, and I've had many clients who have walked away because they've realized and recognized through you know, maybe one or two interviews that there isn't that value alignment and that it's ultimately going to be a clash of values and that can create toxicity, right? Yeah. So you know, I have many people who I know who still work at my old company and they have a great experience there. For me, it was toxic because it was always a values clash. Mm. So that piece of it's so important. To me, I actually think it's the most important. Yeah. And it's usually what's most forgotten. People are like, oh, this is a great role. This is a great role. This is a great role. Yeah. And they don't really, really focus on, but is it going to be a value alignment? Are we going to be able, am I going to be able to move, come there and amplify my values and vice versa? So mm. I think that piece of it is often what's missing if people are making it, to, you know, to final round interviews over and over again and not getting it. Yeah. Most likely there's a value piece that's missing mm -hmm. there. I I felt that. And I've thought about that many times throughout my time in consulting for more than 10 years. What do I do if I have a conversation with a company that doesn't align with my values? I have some we'll say strong values and opinions on things around health and fitness and environment, you know, the environment yeah. and things like that. You know, what do I do? And and thankfully I haven't yet, I think, can really confronted with a really tough situation like that. But I certainly feel it when I'm working with clients that maybe I'm not as excited about the work they're doing as I am for others. Right. And and you know, I still, I'm always going to try to bring, if I agree to do something, I'm going to come in and bring value, yeah. right? But maybe I feel that my level of excitement is not as great. Mm -hmm. What I would ask, and some people might be thinking, and I'm sure you get this question is, hey, we're entering a recession. There may be less jobs available than there were before. Yes, I totally get, I need to stick to my values and find a, a culture and a company that like I align with. 
but what if I just need a job and you know they're offering something to me and I don't know if it's it fully aligned, but like I I need to work. Yeah. So a couple things. One is I definitely have a lot of clients who are like, hey, I just need some income, right? Like yeah. that. I know I want a new role, but I need some income. Yeah. I've seen this happen over and over and over again. And so we absolutely work through that. We look at, okay, if you, where, where are you now? Right. So if, if you are currently employed, you know, is it's almost like the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't. Right. Mm-hmm. So is it worth it to jump from where you are hmm. to somewhere else where you, you don't know? I don't know. Right. You have to make that decision for, yeah. for yourself. Yeah. It's a personal decision. Yeah, I've had many clients who have done that only to say, shit, I don't Whoops. know if I can hear the podcast. Sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't but, have done that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, I guess I got this new role, but now I'm doing a, a new job at a company that's not any better. Right. And I, yeah. I, I, I knew the old way of working and I could, you know, finagle around in that. Um, but I other have clients and I call it playing the short game where sometimes it is so toxic and it is so bad or it is so low paying that you're like, I just have to get out of there. And mm-hmm. that's going to provide me with some more mental and you know, emotional and, and energetic clarity to yeah. move forward. So I think the yeah. question becomes like, that's what I ask my clients. Are you running from or are you running towards? Yeah. And there's no wrong answer there. Sometimes right. you have to run from and yeah. that's okay. And you have to yeah. land somewhere and that will give you the ability to then jump off and run, yeah. run towards but yeah. I have a lot of clients who are like, all right, I'm just going to find any jobs. I have to get out of this. I'm like, okay. Like, mm. So are you running from or are you running towards? And then when they actually yeah. think about that, like, no, I I really want to run towards something. I want my next decision to be a really thoughtful right. one. Right. And then they thoughtful. choose, you know, make that personal. So it's a, it's a personal decision at the end of the day. And I've seen it work well both ways. Yeah. And I've seen it crash and burn both ways too. So it really, it, it comes down to asking yourself do I need to get out of the situation in order to then propel forward or is where I'm at right now? Okay. Enough. And can I protect my energy here enough to then focus on propelling forward? Yeah. So I agree. Like you really have to take a look at your situation and what are the trade-offs and make a personal decision for you. And are you trying to move away from something? Is there something that's attracting to you about the new thing? Are you just looking at making a move because you're bored? I feel like that happens a lot as well. And I was curious too, like from your perspective, I feel like a lot of people often get to a place where they feel a little bit stagnant in their careers. And so they start looking around, they're not getting the guidance maybe they want or need from a manager or their current company. And so they go on LinkedIn and start looking for a new job when there's really an opportunity to find something within the organization they already work for. And if they don't investigate that and they go get a job at a new company, it might just end up being the same thing again. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of, again, going back and figuring out what really is your niche, what does interest you, right? So mm. when you are feeling that boredom, I, and I think finding your niche is, is a constantly like reoccurring thing, right? You're, you're never yeah. at 100%. It's an iterative process. right? And so I encourage, especially my executive clients, even my you know, VPs and SVPs, th- for them to constantly go back and check in on that. Because mm. Usually when you're feeling that sense of boredom, that means that your niche has probably changed and you need to recalibrate mm. and realign. And I've had many clients, too. I, I one I'm working with right now who was feeling that boredom and actually hired me to help find a new job, but is getting a, was able to rework her role inside of her own company right now mm. to do something much more aligned with what she wants to do because she yeah. spoke up and she had those conversations. Now, not every company is always open to that right. necessarily, but many are. I've had I've had quite a few clients who have come to me looking for new jobs who have 
stayed where they are because they were able to negotiate something better and different or you know, uh, create a new role. I've had people write, literally write their own job descriptions. Mm. Um, I've had that happen twice in my career where I've gotten the chance to write my own job description. So there's definitely that opportunity to see what's happening inside the house and say, okay, yeah. is there, especially if you like your company, right? If it is a value right. alignment, yes. that to me is always that key indicator of saying, okay, if, that, if, the, if your values are really, really in alignment, most likely they'll want to keep you and find right. a way to appease you for you to be able to be, you know, stay inside of the company as well. You know, right. If it's that toxicity piece and there's no value alignment, then yeah, usually it's a sign to, to look elsewhere. But if you have that value alignment, see what's going on inside the house that you can can still participate in and continue to to grow your career, but where you currently are. Yeah. Because if, if you work for a large company, say 10,000 plus employees, there's probably tons of other roles that you could be investigating, taking on that might open up if you just start looking around and having conversations. Yeah. If you work for a smaller company, there might be an opportunity to create something new. Like you said, write exactly. your own job description. I've heard of people doing that. I love when I hear people getting creative and doing that. And in either case, it starts with getting clarity, as you said, on that niche. I talk about vision, you know, what is it that you want, where do you want to go in your career? And then having a real conversation with your manager and with others. And that's another place that I'd love to hear your perspective on this, but I feel like so many people are sitting and waiting, they're drifting, they're, you know, they're they're waiting for someone else to bring that opportunity to them. And managers want to help them, but they have no idea what they want. And just the, you know, simple change of communicating that, getting clear on where you want to go and having a conversation and saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. I'd like to do something different. A lot of managers, not all, right? Because I've had the manager that was like, I did this. And I had a manager basically say like, nope, not doing that, go back to work. And that happens, right? But a lot of managers, I think, really want to help their people. They just don't know what they want. And when you bring that to them, they can say, oh, I didn't know that you wanted to do X and get into learning design or this other type of thing. Like, let's figure out together how we can make that happen. Oh, for sure. You know, and I I, I joke about this with my clients. I, <laughs> I say, you know, my life changed when I realized no one else's world revolved around me. Mm. Right. And in a good in a good way, right? In right. a good way. Yeah. Real, and, and I help my clients usually I utilize with that when they're like, I haven't heard back from a job. I'm like, well, you're one of 40 jobs that this is one of 40 jobs that this recruiter is working on. And you're one of 20 people who interviewed, right? So like times that now by 20, 30, 40, they have a lot, you know, that's going on. But of course, for you, this job is, is, you know, rotating around, around you. And same thing with your manager, right? Like there, you, you, your manager's life doesn't revolve around you. They care about you. They care about your Mm -hmm. development, right? But they're not going to bed every single night thinking like, okay, let me think about Andy's development right now. Like when they wake <laughs> up, they're like, okay, what can I focus with Andy on today? Right? right. It's like there's so many other things. And so your yeah. world should revolve around you, which means that you need to advocate for yourself and yeah. tell your manager and have those conversations and say, hey, yeah. you know, this is something that's important to me. I've you know really done some research on this and I've done a lot of reflection. And you know, here are the things I love about my role, and here's the things I'd love to add to it. You know, and yeah. and and here and and come up with the strategy, right? Be the one presenting it. Don't just say, I want this, give it to me, right? But you know, what could this look like? What could a transition look like? How would, how are the tasks you don't want to do anymore? Who, who would do that? What would that look like? Are you automating it somehow, right? Like being, being really strategic and coming up with that, be a consultant, right? Coming Mm -hmm. up with that plan. Um, But just remember that their life isn't revolving around you. And that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. That's fine. Yes. They're not waking up. They're not going to bed every night and waking up every morning thinking about your, your development. That's just, you wouldn't want that. 
That's right. weird. Yeah. <laughs> you don't I mean, want it, that. <laughs> sound, it sounds nice, but it would be a little overkill. Yeah. But, you know, as I, as I always say, nobody cares more about your career than you do. Right. I mean, hopefully yes, you have a manager yes. who cares about you, but they're not thinking about it all the time. And they may want to help you, but they're just really busy, quote, busy, right? Everybody's busy. Uh, so you may need to send a couple emails, follow up, say, can we have that career conversation and, and book that in? I mean, look, I'm I'm in sales, right? Running my own business, as are you. My business would not be as successful as it was if I didn't follow up a lot with clients that I've had. Con- remember when we had that conversation? Because yeah. I know they're like doing 25 other things. And yeah, they're not thinking their life about doesn't me revolve around you. Exactly. Their life does not revolve around me. They're not thinking about me very often. That's why I've got to keep showing up in their inbox yeah. and persistently annoying them until they decide it's to work so with true. me. <laughs> okay. So this is, I love this conversation. We, we've talked about helping people getting into l and I think we've kind of covered a lot of ground for people who might be in the middle a few years into their mm-hmm. career thinking about, you know, where do I go next? What do I want to do? I know you work with some executives as well. What do you see as some of the biggest pain points there? What do you hear the most or the questions you get the most from people, especially in more of the the senior ranks? Yeah, I think for them, you know, a lot of people that I work with too tend to be smaller teams. So they're, uh, they're, you know, teams of one, or I have a couple of clients who have have a little bit of a larger team, but Mm. really some of the, the biggest challenges that I see them facing is getting that seat at the table. Yeah. And that that's the that's the biggest piece that we tend to focus on together is how can they be more strategic and showcase more of their strategic capabilities because a lot of the people that I work with in these executive levels they were either you know previously they were managing but they were an individual contributor who was you know running the L&D department and now they have a team or now they're you know responsible for you know a bigger scope and so how do you now you know if you were able to do that at that smaller level it's different when you scale when you have to scale your your capabilities right it's not just scaling your programs but it's scaling your capabilities so the biggest thing i see is how can i now in a larger setting with more responsibility how can i still go in and claim that seat at the table so that's a big thing that i see and then also too as I learned the challenges I work with a lot with my executive coaching clients is on building their own teams. So kind of what we talked about earlier in the beginning, as far as the trends that are happening, it's really making sure too, that you are the, the disconnect I see a lot is here are all these trends happening and we're aware of these trends happening yet. We're still building our L and D teams. Like it's 10, 15, 20 years ago, mm. right? Like we're, we have our one instructional designer and our one learning management system administrator and our one facilitator. And it's like, they all have these different you know silos and they all operate separately. And so that's a big thing that I work on with my executive coaching clients as they're building out their team. We want to move into the future. What does the future of your team look like then? You know, mm. what, what skills do they have? And it's usually different than just someone who's doing storyline behind the scenes and someone who's just teaching classes. And so that's a been a big adjustment for a lot of my clients is moving forward and building these teams for the L&D of the future. Interesting. Yeah. These are sort of like the career grows and the challenges grow as well. Yep. And there's yeah. still tons of great opportunities, but a lot of things that people need to think through. And as I always say, you know, don't try to do everything on your own, find ways to get help, right? Find mentors, hire a coach, if you you feel like you really need more help in your career, obviously you're helping a lot of people with theirs, which I think is really important. I like to think I'm helping people as well in this space. And I like how you've really niched into learning and development, which is why we're having this conversation. Yeah. So speaking of that, I want to transition to the Talent Development Think Tank Conference. Woo! 
And yes. I'd, yeah, I'd love to give people a little preview of what your session is going to be like. What are we going to be doing in your breakout session? Yeah. So really the the evidence for this what well, for this session is really what I've seen from my clients is they get into L and D and then we automatically think, okay, let me move up this like really, really rigid, straight incline ladder. And I'm going to be a trainer. And then I'm going to be a senior trainer. And then I'm going to be a program manager. And then I'm going to be another manager. And then I'm going to be a VP and SVP. And I'm going to work my way up to CLO. And like I mentioned before, there's 1 million jobs. And so really what we're going to do in this session is we're going to figure out what your niche is. So we're going to really dive into that. It's so really, really interactive in the sense where you're going to get a chance to also talk to other people who are already in that niche, get to validate it as well. But we're going to figure out what is the intersection between the interests that you have, the transferable skills and the skills you're utilizing, really do some value work and make sure that we're aligned with that and identify what your niche is. And from there, be able to say, okay, now I have a, I have my North Star. What is my framework? What is my blueprint for making this now happen for me? And I think a lot of people wait until they're burnt out or bored or, you know, all of those things to then say, okay, I'm ready for a change. But what if when we were happy in our roles or content Mm. in our roles, what if that was the point when we said, okay, what's next? That gives us a long runway. So my goal of the session is really no matter what your runway is, whether it's one week or two years from now, how do we figure out what that next step is for you and create that blueprint, create that strategy of what does it look like then to market yourself and create a personal brand around yourself and to upskill. So there's going to be certain things you might need to upskill in. Um, mm. And how do we really create that? So people will leave with a physical or digital blueprint that they'll will start together, that they'll mm. then be able to go back on their own and start to fill in the blank. So they have a, a really strong action plan of how to not only what they want next, but how to actually get in that role. I like it. So I heard the words interactive. I heard action plan. So I'm guessing this is not going to be just a one hour lecture on how to think about your career. No, that's so boring. <laughs> no, and that was also, Andy made, you made it very clear. That's not what this couldn't be that anyways. That's right. <laughs> that was definitely in the, in, in the leading, leading question. The bold, we have, the big, print. Yeah, yeah, we have expectations. Know, you know, here's the thing too, and this is what I love about bringing current talent development professionals together is that you have an opportunity then to learn from other people who may have already done that, or that might've been part of their niche. And now they're looking for their next thing. And so you can really understand, you know, a big piece of the niche work that I do, spoiler alert, is really you understanding the challenges inside of your niche and asking yourself, are these challenges I want to face? Because that's what we are. We're problem solvers in L&D. That's the, the bare minimum. That's what we do all day long is, you know, solve organizational problems through learning. And so really understanding, you know, what, what about my peers that are sitting here next to me? What about their jobs? You know, what challenges are they facing? And how can I take that data in and say, hell yeah, that's one that I want or like, nope, that is not a challenge I am up to face. Like that will, you know, completely exhaust me. And so I really want there to be that interactivity where people are learning from each other about their particular roles that they're in. And I use that also to help you validate your niche and make sure, yep, this is this is what it is I want to be doing. 
Yeah. Okay. I like it. So no lectures, a lot of interaction, learning from other people. That is what our think tank conference is all about. That's what we can expect from uh, most, if not all of our breakout sessions. So I'm really excited for yours and fitting within the overall mission of this think tank conference. You know a little bit about what I'm trying to do with this. So I guess the last leading question would be for those listening, why should people attend this conference? Besides free hugs from us. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just stop there? <laughs> that's, that's it. That's literally, that's that's the line. No, you know, it's, I think you had mentioned it earlier too, around the intimacy of the conference. And there's something really special about that when you're able to bring in, I think Andy, you attract a very purpose-driven, a very intentional group of talent development leaders. It, it's so beautiful every time, you know, just to bring everyone together and you can just see there's just, while we're all so different, there's just this layer of like connectivity in between us. And I think it comes from that deep rooted servant leadership, wanting to serve people, be problem solvers, be forward thinking. So you bring this really incredible group together and for other people to then get to come in and, and feed off of that, no, there's nothing better than that. You the, come for the energy alone, right? Mm. You're, you're going to learn a lot, but yeah. the energy that you're going to get from a group of forward thinking, purpose-driven talent development professionals. Yeah. Again, a lot of this industry is stuck in the past and it's really easy to get caught up in that echo chamber, but this is like the echo chamber you want to be in yeah. because it's, it, this is that propelling forward. And I think the conference, I think I, the conference itself, you know, the amount of content that you're getting from it, it's almost like you're fast tracking your upskilling, right? Mm. So it's like to, to learn everything individually that you would learn in the several days of this conference will take you years. So it's a no brainer to come and do it in what two days, yep. get that information and the amount of energy you're going to get and the connections you're going to make from people like, again, people, I know I'm one of them, so I'm biased, but the one people <laughs> that you know you bring into your world, Andy, are, yeah. are unparalleled in any, I'm in lots of other learning communities and mm. no one brings group of people together like you do. And so oh. I'm personally excited to be in that energy and to be in that space and for me to learn too. That's why I'm part of the think tank for me to continue learning. And so just seeing that now times a thousand in person and jam packed over the course of a couple of days, it's a no brainer, a no brainer. Oh, no brainer. I like that. And I'm thinking of more mottos as you're speaking. The new one is come for the learning, stay for the energy and the hugs. Because that's what you're going to get it. at the Think yeah. Tank conference. And I love that you said you're excited to learn from other people there as well, which is what this is all about, learning from everybody. We know we can always learn from. And that's yeah. why we started this conference in the first place. It's like, why do we only get to learn from the one person on the stage when we can be learning from so many other people? Everybody really in the audience has things that they can share. They have a level of experience that they can teach other people and we can all learn from each other. So it's it's not about the stage on the stage. If you come to the conference, you are definitely going to learn some great things from Sarah and walk away with some, some concrete results, if you will, some things that you can be thinking about a blueprint for your own career, where you're going to get a chance to learn from other people and teach other people yeah. as well as experience some great energy in the room. I love it. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. And it goes to what you're talking about before too, as far as the trends in learning and development and you know, being able to see that there's not the gatekeeper, gatekeeper or sage on the stage, that we all have something to give. And so even you know, coming as a speaker, coming as an attendee, coming as both, right? You're there's just so much to learn and to learn from each other. And if you can then bring that back to your organization, you get just that piece from it. It's it's such a return on your investment. 
Yeah, love it. Well, Sarah, I'm so excited that you are back here on the podcast, that you're speaking at the Think Tank Conference in February 2023. Again, the Talent Development Think Tank Conference will be on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. You can get tickets at tdtt.us slash conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. And Sarah, if anybody wants to reach out to you in the meantime to find out about coaching and everything else you do, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So you can always shoot me a DM there. You can go to my website, theovernighttrainer.com. There's all ways to connect with me there. Um, You can also shoot me an email, hello at theovernighttrainer.com. Those are all the all the places and like kind of on Instagram. That's like my new, my new little adventure I'm, I'm trying out, but you can DM me there too. If you want oh, the overnight I, trainer, <laughs> I spend way too, I spend way too much time on Instagram. LinkedIn is where it's at. I, know. I, always, I always have fun on there as well. Well, Sarah, thank you again for being here. Thanks for speaking at the conference. I'm excited to see you there for hugs with you and everybody else. So thanks again. And I'll see you in February. Thank you. Excited. All right, that will do it for my conversation with Sarah Canistra on planning your L&D career. I hope you got value from that conversation. And I hope that you're considering coming to the Talent Development Think Tank conference. Obviously, Sarah will be leading a session there. We are going to make it highly interactive. No slides. All the the breakout sessions are going to be interactive, engaging. I know Sarah's planning a lot of really fun and great activities to help you think through your career in L&D. We also have several other great breakout sessions, as well as some amazing keynote speakers like Claude Silver, Jessica Scone, Susan Schmidt Winchester, Kevin M. Yates, and myself, Andy Storch, among others. Just a lot of great things planned. It is going to be the best conference out there in L&D, the least boring conference in L&D. going to be a lot of fun, as Sarah said, all about community and connection. It's going to be really fantastic. I hope this episode was helpful. I don't have a bonus episode for you this week. If you haven't yet listened to the bonus episode I did with Sarah previously, then go check that out again. That was episode 250, which came out in September of 2021. And we covered some facets of her career, as well as some of the trends that she was following all the time at the time, and her career advice for those of us out there in talent development. So you can go check that out. And stay tuned because next week I've got another great episode for you and another preview of a session we will be running at the Talent Development Think Tank Conference on culture. So if you are interested in finding out more information about the Think Tank Conference, you haven't been to our website yet to check it out. The website is tdtt.us slash conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. And when you buy your tickets, you can use the code HOTSEAT, H-O-T-S-E-A-T, because you are a podcast listener to take 10% off. So go ahead and grab those. I know we are still, as I release this, we are still in early bird ticket pricing with prices going up in December. So go check that out. And I hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.